Take your Bibles and go with me to 1 John. And as you're turning, if you have your Bibles, I know not all of you do, but as you're turning, I've got a question for you. In fact, this question is actually for the adults. So college age uh, and staff sponsors. I've got a question for you guys. College age staff sponsors pastors. How many of you, when you were growing up, teenagers, young adult, even maybe even recently, ever struggled, wondered, or questioned your salvation? Can I see your hand? College age adult sponsors. Okay, keep your hands up for the college age guys. Okay, look around. We're going to talk about that in a second. But I told you already, I want to introduce my family to you. If we could show my family on the screen, there they are. And you can find, I have two kids here, you probably know which ones they are now, but uh, that's my wonderful wife and six kids. God has been so good to me. They're in, the rest of them are in Ohio right now, so pray for them that they don't convert to being Buckeyes or something. Just kidding. Wow. Oh. It's a joke, dude. It's a joke. He's like, no, it's not. It's personal now. It's a good thing being a Buckeye? Uh well, I may have to change my message on that one. <laughs> but anyway, that's my family. So I wanted to ask you guys about this matter of eternal security. And I had those people raise their hand. And you saw, many of you did, how many, many, many of our staff, college-age adults, and even pastors would be honest enough to admit, you know, there was a time when I struggled with whether or not I'm going to heaven. Now, let me just say it like this. If all things are equal... A good half of you, even right now, have some questions about it. Like, Brent, I, don't, I lay in bed at night, and I, I know the answers, and I've been in church for years, but th- sometimes I wonder, am I really going to heaven? Sometimes I question, sometimes, well, oh, yeah, I, I, I made some decision, I prayed a prayer, but what, what is this all about? Am I really on my way to heaven? And this morning, or excuse me, this afternoon, I want to share Bible truth with you. So we're going to look at 1 John chapter 5. Verse 11, 12, and 13. They're going to be up on the screen as well. Again, thanks to our sound guys for taking care of this. I appreciate this. But if you have a Bible, look on your Bible because your Bible is going to go home with you. The screen can't go home with you. But your Bible can go home with you. In 1 John 5, and if need be even, you have your booklet there and a pen or something, write these verses down. Because this is not something that is like a one-and-done type deal. Sometimes you go to camp and you have like a one-type service that it just, it's life-changing. And I remember services, remember plus years ago, where I was at a camp service, and I heard one truth, and wow, I've never forgotten the essence, the aspect, the impact of that message on my life. Praise the Lord for that. But I can tell you that this is one of those things that we're going to deal with today, we're going to deal with tomorrow, and God's people can have assurance. But I meet good people who have been in church for decades, almost every week sometimes it seems like. Well, Brother Brent, sometimes I don't know. Sometimes I have questions. So look with me on the screen or in your Bible. Look at 1 John 5.11. Look what it says here. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. And then verse 13, notice it. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. I'm going to pray again, and I'm going to pray for you guys as well. And because some of you are already fast, like, approaching that slumber. 
I'm going to encourage you not to do that. So if you are all comfortable in your hoodie, I would encourage you to get uncomfortable to keep you awake. Oh, that's not very nice. You want me to... No, I just want you to stay awake because this is what we're going to talk about is incredibly important. So do whatever you need to do to stay awake and listen to the Word of God because I realized I was out there playing with you guys. I had fun having fun watching you guys get pummeled by the ball and watch the ball fly away. But here we are. This is eternal. Big balls or not. This can change your life. This can give us assurance. This is what we need. So I'm going to pray out loud. You guys pray quietly if you're still awake. Pray and ask God to help us stay awake, stay focused, stay connected in what he has for us. Okay? Let's pray. Father, would you help us in these next few minutes? Would you guide my words? Would you help our attention? Would you help every aspect of this? We, rela- we rest on you. We-, we rely on you. Lord, we need you. Would you help even this afternoon those who have trusted Christ and are lacking assurance, help them to see what the Bible says about that. Those who have not trusted Christ may think they have. Would you help them, convict them, show them, open their eyes? And for all of us, give us clarity exactly where we stand. Would no one be confused? Would the Word of God rightly divide it exactly where we need to be? Lord, I need your help. In Jesus' name, amen. So you're here in First John. Let's talk very quickly about how and why people doubt. I'm going to keep my finger there in 1 John 5. If you want to, you can do the same. I know some of you don't have your Bibles with you. We're going to go back and look at 1 John chapter 2 for a second, and I'm just going to read this to you. 1 John chapter 2, verse 3 says this, And hereby we do know that we know Him if we keep His commandments. There's some of you right now who you trusted Christ years ago, maybe in junior church, maybe at camp. You placed your faith and trust in Christ. You are on your way to heaven. You're born again. And yet, there's disobedience in your life. You're looking at things, you're watching things, you're not honoring parents, whatever the case is. I don't know. But there's disobedience in your life, and one of the things that has struggled as of late because of your disobedience is, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to heaven. Uh, a few, this is a while ago, not, probably not even that long ago, there's a young teenage boy your age. And uh, he was struggling. He had made a profession years early, but things were happening in his life. He had let sin in. And as a result, he wasn't sure he was saved. Well, what does the Bible say? Hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. We're going to have that close walk with him, that close relationship, that that passionate relationship, if we're keeping his commandments. That's in 1 John 5. The next book to the left is the book of Peter. So I'm going to go there. You can follow me if you want to as well. 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1 has something to say about this as well. Verse 5 And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith, and then it starts listing off these things you're supposed to add. Virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, and charity. And then verse 8 says this, For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But, verse 9, he that lacketh these things. In other words, as you can see on the screen, The person, the Christian, who is lacking in growing. So let me say it like this. If you ain't growing, you're lacking. Make sense? I'm trying to put this at a 2.30 service so we all get it, right? Because some of you are looking at me like, Brent, I'm in my hoodie. I just came in from outside. Please, don't make me do anything. It's Saturday afternoon. I'm vegging already. I, I get it. I get it. But some of you aren't growing as Christians. You're, you're, not, you're not adding to your faith. You're stagnant. You're going backwards. 
you haven't really read the Bible, yeah, I'm, I kind of attend youth meetings sometime or church, yeah, you know, sometimes, but you're not growing. And he that lacketh these things, look what it says there, he that lacketh these things is what? Blind. Some of you are like, Brent, I want to know God's will for my life. Are you reading your Bible? Are you growing? No, then you're, you're blind. Spiritually. It doesn't mean you're dead. It just means you don't have spiritual vision. Because you're not adding to your faith. You're not growing. He that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off. You show me a young man, a young woman who's in their Bible, who's studying, who's growing. I'll show you a young man who has passion, vision, and a goal for what God can do with their life. You show me most Christian young people, sadly, most of the kids I I preached to this summer, it seems like they're just like, eh, eh, eh. You ask them how they're doing. Hey, how are you? It's like we're a bunch of Christian Wookiees or something. Some of you, oh well. But some of you have no vision. No passion. No no drive. Mm, mm. Hey, you show me someone who's in the Word of God, who's adding to their faith. And those are the young people that come, hey, what, what is God doing in your life? Well, God wants me to study this. God wants me to do this. And I plan on doing this. And I don't know if this is God's will, but I, I'm excited to do this. That's what God wants for us. He that is blind, lacking these things, and cannot see far off. And notice that last phrase there. And hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. It doesn't mean he wasn't. It's possible for a saved child of God to get to the point where they ah, just not in the forefront of their mind, and they're just like, I don't, I don't know, because of sin, because of backsliding, because of problems. So first group of people that's here, some of you are here, and you've trusted Christ years ago, maybe it was a month ago, maybe we, last week, whatever it was, but you trusted Christ, you are saved on your way to heaven, but you don't know it because there's sin. You're looking, watching, you're, doing, you're not growing. There's sin in your life, and it's causing you not to have that full confidence, that assurance. And so you lay down at night, yeah, I, I did trust. But I watched that. I looked at that. I thought that. I said that. I, am I really? Am I? That's a horrible way to live. You don't have to live there. You don't have to be there. And some of you, you know who you are. You don't have to be there. There's another group of people that lack assurance. And friend, listen carefully. I don't want anyone to doubt who isn't or who is saved. But there's some of you who you've been playing a game. You're just going through the motions. Everyone else went forward. Okay, I'll do it too. I don't want to get left out. What am I supposed to? Oh, yeah, I want to fit in because I, I kind of belong here. This is my people. This is I like I like the youth activities. I like nachos. Uh, I like camp. The games are fun. So you've just kind of gone along for the ride, yet in your heart you've never placed your trust and faith. There's never been a time in your life, oh, you may believe in Jesus. That's not, that's not on the, the docket list. That, that's not, that, the demons believe in Jesus. They're not going to heaven. But you've never placed your faith and trust in Christ, and you know who you are. And sometimes you try to put it outside of your mind because you don't want to think about it because it's painful. Well, everyone already thinks I am saved. I already got baptized. I, I got wet. You know how embarrassing it would be? And it's fear. It's fear, plain and simple. Who's the first group of people that's mentioned that's going to be in hell? The fearful and the unbelieving. Some of you, I, again, I don't know who you are. And I'm not trying to get you to doubt. But if you're here, you know who you are. You've never placed your faith and trust in Christ. And you may be pro-religion. You may be pro-Jesus. Well, I, I believe in Jesus. Again, the demons do. 
We're going to talk about what it means to be born again. And we're going to ask the question whether or not you have. So if you've got your Bible, go back with me to 1 John 5. And look with me what the Bible says in verse 11. We're going to look at a couple truths about God's eternal salvation. Truth number one is this. God gives eternal life. Can you say it with me? God gives eternal life. I realize, again, this is the afternoon service, but stay with me. Can you say it again with a little bit more energy? Not quite as much energy as I saw out here. A little bit more than I just experienced, though. Here we go. Number one, God Thank you, you're still awake. Now look at your Bible, 1 John 5, look at what it says in verse 11. And this is the record that attending a really good youth group gives you eternal life. Is that what it says? So I'm like, no, I don't even attend a really good one. Just kidding. And this is the record that going to youth activities or camp or a rekindle conference on a Saturday afternoon gives you eternal life. Is that what it says? And this is the record that being a really good person. Is that what it says? Who gives eternal life? God. Now listen carefully. We have to understand this. I don't know everyone's background. I'm assuming, I know many of your churches that you come from, I'm assuming all of you have heard some sort of this, but some of you may not. By you walking in the door today, we're thrilled you're here, that does not give you a free pass to heaven. By you being faithful to a youth group doesn't give you a free pass to heaven. By you having been baptized or catechized or whatever religious system you may have grown up in does not give you entrance into heaven. It is God that gives entrance into heaven alone. It is by grace, through faith. It is not anything that you and I can do. Now, I realize that most of us get this, but we have to understand this at the beginning because this clears up. This is where our assurance is based on. It's not you. It's not me. It's not your preacher. It's not your mom. It's not your dad. It's God who gives eternal life. And God has given it. Notice what it says there. And this is the record that God has given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, the life. He alone is the way. I would have loved to have seen this. I don't know if God has a DVR recorder in heaven. If he does, I, there's a few, few things I want to watch. I'm just using my imagination now. But, you know, like the walls falling down at Jericho, that would be pretty cool to see. What would, what would be your favorite Bible story? Just shout it out that you want to see. The Red Sea? What? David, yeah, David and Goliath, Elisha on Mount Carmel, right? I don't want to see that. I also want to see Nicodemus. Who's that? You know who Nicodemus is? It may have to adjust the settings on it because it's at night, but I'd love to see Nicodemus. Because here's the most religious, best, most moral leader teacher of the Jews there was of the day. I mean, he walked down the street and people were like, whoa. And Jesus looked him straight in the face and says, as you are right now, Nick, you're not going to heaven. You've got to be born again. I would have loved to see Nick's mouth drop open. Uh, 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 uh. He didn't understand at first. And friend, it's possible, if it's possible for Nicodemus, who knew most of the Old Testament, most of the Psalms by heart, he had memorized, they say, the Pharisees had memorized most of the first five books of the Bible. Can you imagine memorizing Leviticus? Woo! That would be a challenge, wouldn't it? But Nicodemus had probably done most of it. He knew, what, he knew he was very familiar with it. He was a doctor of the law, and yet he was on his way to hell. Because it's not by works. It's by grace. It's not anything that you do. It's not anything that I do. And again, I don't know. I can't get inside and see who's who, but friend, I, I speak to them all the time. I speak to young men and young women who are sincere, 
who are religious, who are moral, who are nice, upstanding people. And yet they think in their heart, well, I'm a good person. I went to a Christian school. How many of you go to Christian school? How many go to public school? How many go to home school? How many of you play hooky? That's an old term, I guess. They don't know that term. Skipping school. Oh, that term. Okay. I went to a Christian school, a good-sized Christian school. Pastor Ray just preached there two weeks ago, I think, in my Christian, this Christian school I went to. And I grew up with, I, my graduating class was like 70 kids, so about the size of who's in here. And it was amazing to me to see years later some of the kids who grew up in, some of them grew up in Bible-preaching churches, and in their 20s realize, I've never trusted Christ. I always thought I was being good. I was, doing, I was wearing the dress code. I was listening to the right music. I was, wasn't watching what I shouldn't watch. I was doing the right thing. I thought that's what Christianity was. No, 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 no. Christianity is me saying, I can't save myself. It's God, and God has given to me through Jesus Christ that eternal life. I can't save me. I'm trusting God. God gives eternal life. And perhaps some of you have this whole misconception. Perhaps some of you are even struggling about this. I don't know. It's God that gives eternal life. Can you say it with me? God gives eternal life. God gives eternal life. That's truth number one. It's not your works. It's not your church. It's not you anything. It's God who gives it. And I can tell that we were outside running around. It smells good. I'm, I'm kidding on the good part. Well, you know, where no oxen are, the crib is clean. So, wait a minute. Did you just call us an ox? Uh, I didn't, that inference. Some of you are like, I'm asleep. Oh, well, stay asleep. Okay, truth number two. Look with me what it says here. Again, in verse 11. And this is the record that God has given to us, what? Eternal life. Truth number two, you can't lose eternal life. Can you say it with me? You can't lose eternal life. Can you say it with a little bit more authority? You can't lose eternal life. Now, what if I... Well, first off, have you ever had somebody come to your door and try to sell you something? It doesn't happen much anymore because of Facebook ads and everything's marketed on our phones. Growing up, I consistently had people come to my door. I remember some guy coming, uh, trying to sell life insurance. Another guy trying to sell a vacuum. came to the door with a vacuum cleaner. Hey, can I demonstrate the vacuum cleaner? This is a different era. But what if I showed up to your door and I said, hey, my name is Brent, and I, for three easy payments of $39.99, am going to sell you eternal life. And I had the whole spiel down, and you're like, yeah, this is great. You know, like one of those infomercials where the guy is just like over-the-top energy. You know what I'm talking about? And Yeah, I think I need that. I don't even know what it is, but I need it. So what if I sold you eternal life, and you bought it, and it lasted for 100 years? Is it really eternal? What is it? Junk. Temporary life. What if it lasted for a thousand years and then stopped? Was it eternal? What if it lasted for a million years and then stopped? Was it eternal? What does eternal mean? Forever and ever and ever. Our brains can't handle it, especially at 2.40 in the afternoon. This is like the 2 to 3 o'clock spot in school is always the toughest spot because, you know, you're, you're kind of in that lull. You ready to go home, right? But you guys are doing a good job. I appreciate it. But think about eternal. What does eternal mean? It means it goes on and on forever. 
Friend, listen carefully. If you got eternal life by trusting Christ alone, you can't lose it. And if you lost it, it wasn't eternal to begin with. Truth number two, can you say it with me? You can't lose eternal life. Can you say it with a little bit more authority? You can't lose eternal life. You can't. You can't. It's eternal. Now, listen to what the Bible says here. I wrote down a few verses here. Romans 8, nothing can separate us from the love of God. John 3, God loves the world. Uh, John 10, if you have a Bible, turn with me to John 10. And I want us to see a few verses here. John 10, look at verse number 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, no man is able to take them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Now, these are familiar verses perhaps to many of you, but I want you to think of this. God says to you and I, I keep you in my hand. So, look what it says there again in verse 28. Jesus says, Neither shall I give unto them eternal life, neither shall, any man, neither shall they perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. I have with me a cough drop. I know that's not really all that exciting, but what if I had this? And I, do you remember the picture of my family I showed a few seconds ago? I have a little two-year-old son. He's a lot of fun, Joel. Uh, I love my little two-year-old. He's, he's a ton of fun. What if I told my son Joel, okay, Joel, imagine this is a piece of candy. Okay, Joel, try to get this out of Daddy's hand. And I kept it from him. Do you think he could get it out? No. Because why? He's what? He's two. It's not because I'm all that massively strong. It's because I have the ability to keep it from my son, my two-year-old son. Now look again at verse 28. Look at that last phrase. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Jesus says, you are in my hand. So listen carefully. If you have trusted Christ, whose hands are you in? Well, specifically in verse 28, Jesus, yes. You're in Jesus' hands. That's pretty good hands to be in. That's better than being in like all states' hands. Jesus has you. He has you. Notice verse 29 now. Look what it says. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to take them out of my Father's hand. So, who else has you in their hand? The Father does. God does. So right there, Jesus and the Father have you securely in their hand. They're not going to lose you. Your eternal security is not based on you keeping something or you trying, well, Brent, I, I, used, to, I used to feel that, and I, now I've done some stuff. I, maybe I'm not. No, 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 no. If you are saved, you are eternally kept by the power of God. God keeps you until the end. Not only does the Father keep you, but Jesus keeps you. And by the way, the Holy Spirit's in on this too. Ephesians 1 tells us that he's sealing us from the inside out to the day of redemption. He is keeping you. Friends, truth number two, you can't lose eternal life. You can't lose eternal life. Can you say it with me? You can't lose eternal life. You're kept by the power of God through faith and the salvation. You can't lose it. And some of you may have done something. Some of you may have messed up in some way. And I don't know the stories that are in this room. But I can tell you this. If you have eternal life, you can't lose it. No matter what's happened, no matter what you've done, no matter what you've thought. Brent, Brent, I've thought some stuff that... No one else knows about. I, I've, I've thought some stuff even about God that no one else... God knows it. 
And what does he say to you and I? I'm keeping you. I love you. I have you. You're secure. That's incredible. Truth number three. Go back with me to 1 John chapter 3. Excuse me, 1 John chapter 5. Truth number three. I'm going to go up here for a second. You can offload this. Look what it says here in 1 John 5 again. Verse 11, this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath, what? And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. I'm going to say something, and this may shock you. This may be like a little bit, whoa, whoa, whoa. Truth number one, remember what truth number one? God. Truth number two. You can't lose eternal life. Truth number three, listen carefully. Prayers don't necessarily save people. God does. And some of you are like, wait, wait, wait a minute, Brent. Prayers don't necessarily save people. God does. Some of you are thinking, well, Brent, hold on, hold on. I was taught in my Sunday school or church or Awana or King's Kids, Patrick, whatever the case is, we were taught, to, I prayed a prayer, I... And no doubt many of you did pray a prayer and you trusted Christ for salvation. You are saved. So what do you mean prayers don't save people? God does. Notice what it says here in this passage, verse 12. He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Do you see any mention of prayer in there? No? Now again, don't hear me out. Some of you are like, well, wait a minute. Are you saying that we shouldn't pray to... Tr- I didn't say that. I prayed. Does that mean I'm... No, I didn't say that. You're not. But you study the Bible. You have the Son and you have life. You don't have the Son. You don't have life. Acts 16.31. Somebody came to Paul. What must I do to be saved? Paul said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Has there been a time in your life where you placed your faith, your trust, your dependence on God? Here's what often happens. And I've talked to scores of people like this. Well, Brent, I, I did trust Christ. I, I did. I prayed a prayer as a kid. And I trusted Christ. But, you know, I don't, I don't remember the exact words I said. I, I, don't, I don't know that I, I said the right... I don't, Brent, I didn't understand as much back as a little four or five-year-old as they do now. I, maybe I didn't pray the right words. Maybe I didn't pray the right prayer. No, no, hold on, hold on. Did you place your faith and trust in Christ? Well, yeah. Did you trust your good works or Jesus? Well, Jesus. Are you trusting your good works? No. What did Jesus do? He died. He was buried. He rose again for my sin. I'm trusting him alone. Well, then what does the Bible say you have? Eternal life. He that hath the Son hath what? What does it say? Life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Now listen carefully. There's only two types of people in this room. Only two types of people in this country, only two types of people in this world. It's not based on gender, creed, ethnicity, or how you vote. Those who have the Son and have life, and those who don't have the Son and don't have life. And sometimes we get confused about how we got it. Well, I don't know, I don't know. I'll give you my personal salvation testimony. I was a little kid. I went to junior church. And in junior church, they talked about Jesus. He died, was buried for my sin. I went home, and I was thinking about it by myself in the room. The organ wasn't even playing. Well, there's the organ. The organ wasn't even playing. I was by myself in the room, and I realized, yeah, I'm a sinner. My parents helped me with that. They gave me lots of reminders. I got reminded a lot of my sin. Lots of reminders. 
Some of you, get, you know, you got the gist of that, right? Yeah, yeah, Brent, I don't know. I got reminded a lot. So I knew, little kid, I can't save me. Jesus died for me. I'm trusting him. Listen, I didn't even close my eyes. I didn't, I didn't even kneel. The organ was not playing just as I am. I just trusted Christ alone to save me. And that's salvation. Think about the thief on the cross. You know that story? The two are railing on Jesus. They're cursing him. But the one realizes, man, I'm the idiot here. I'm the one who is, deserves to be here. He doesn't. And what does he do? Remember what he says? Lord, remember me when thou comest in thy kingdom. Um, he didn't say he's sorry for his sin. He's hanging there. Well, he didn't confess. That, well, he knew that he was Lord. And he, well, I, I don't know what he believed and what he didn't believe. But he did know this. I can't. He can. I'm trusting him. I can't. He can. I'm trusting him. That's the essence of salvation. And sometimes God's people, specifically at this age, start thinking, well, I don't know that I said the right words. I don't know that I prayed the right prayer. I don't know that I really, truly, 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 truly meant it. Well, hold on, hold on. Time out. Did you place your faith in Christ? Well, yes. Then what do you have? He that hath the Son hath what? If you didn't place your faith and trust in Christ, what you don't you have? He that hath not the Son of God hath not what? That's the delineation right there. Do you have the Son? If you do, you have life. If you don't, you don't have life. Sometimes we get a little caught on how we prayed or didn't pray or what we said or didn't say. Think with me. Imagine with me. It's a warmer day than today. Not too hard to imagine that. Just, we just had some of those the past couple weeks. It's a big pool. And uh, you have one of those little rope thingies across the shallow end. It has the little floaty things on it. You know what I'm talking about. I don't know what it's technically called. But there's a lifeguard that's sitting there. Poof, stop running. Poof, don't drown. Poof, play hard. Okay, lifeguard's doing his job. And there's little Johnny. Johnny thinks, he's like four or five years old, and Johnny thinks, I'm ready for the deep end. <laughs> so he's got those little floaties on. He's got the little floaty things on. How many of you wore those floaties as a kid? How many of you still wear it? Don't answer that. But he's got the little floaty things on. And he waits for mom not to look. Mom's busy with talking or doing something else. And he lifeguard's not looking. He's like, I'm ready for the deep end. He knows he's not supposed to go there, but he's I'm ready for the deep end. So he slips his floaties off, does it very quietly. And he puts his head underneath that, that floaty chain thing. You know how the first few feet you can usually touch? But then all of a sudden he starts... Can't, can't touch anymore. <gasps> and he panics. You know what kids do when they panic in water? They open their mouth. <laughs> Worst thing you can do. So he opens his mouth, <gasps> and he starts struggling. <laughs> well, the lifeguard sees this at this point, and the lifeguard says, Johnny, Johnny, what's wrong? Johnny, Johnny, you've got to talk to me. You've got to be clear. What's wrong? And Johnny, <laughs> Johnny, Johnny, okay, Johnny, do you need help? Oh, Johnny, I can't understand you. All I hear is blub, 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 blub. Okay, Johnny, if you need me to help you, here's what you... Number one, you have to say, Dear lifeguard that sitteth upon the chair. Okay. Oh, man, this is hopeless. Okay, secondly, I promise never to cross the line again where I'm not supposed to. I'm tr thirdly, I'm trusting you to jump in and save me. 
Johnny, I don't hear any of that from you. Guess you don't need me. Now, now, silly illustration. What is Johnny communicating by blub, 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 blub? I can't. I can't. What does the lifeguard hear from blub, 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 blub? He can't. I can. That's the essence of salvation. The lifeguard jumps in, rescues Johnny, and everyone goes home. Johnny may be a little sore on the rear end the following days, but everyone gets to go home and live again. Sometimes God's people, specifically your age, and even outside of your age, even older, well, I don't, I don't know that I said the right words. I don't, know that I, I don't know that I truly understood the great doctrines of justification. We never will. There's never going to be time, well, I finally have it. No. God, all I know is that I can't, you can, I'm trusting you. And no matter how that flushes itself out, maybe some of you got saved in a church service. You came forward and kneeled and the piano or the organ's playing and everyone's crying. Praise the Lord! But maybe some of you were like I was. You got saved by yourself and you're just thinking through it logically and you realize, I can't. You trusted Christ right there. Maybe someone, it was with a friend or with your mom or with your dad or at camp, with a counselor. I don't know how it is. But what happens? Look at it again there. It says verse 12. Verse 12 up here. Or there. He that hath the Son hath what? Light. He that hath not the Son of God hath not what? So the biggest question we have to answer this, uh, this afternoon. Friends, do you have the Son? Don't answer out loud, but think about it. Do you have the Son? Well, I, 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 I did pray. I didn't ask if you prayed a prayer. Because it's not necessarily prayers that save people. It's God does. There's a lot more religious people in our world that pray a lot more than we do. Well, I, I prayed. I got baptized. I didn't ask if you got baptized. You can get baptized in every church in town and still be in your sin. Well, I, I'm a good person. So, there's a lot of people that are good people. Do you have the Son? That's the question. And no matter how it flushes itself out, whether it's like me or whether it's like in a church service, it's a definitive time, or perhaps it's in a time. Well, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I was talking to a lady that like this this past week. She grew up in some sort of other religion. And she says, I clearly know it's by Jesus Christ alone right now. I don't know exactly what time. It was kind of a process to get to that. I realize now it's Jesus alone. I am on my way to heaven because Christ paid for my sin debt. Through clear Bible teaching and preaching, she came to the truth. She doesn't exactly know what time it was. There's probably a, a switch sometime that she doesn't know exactly when. No matter what it is, she claims that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He, she has the Son. Do you today? He that hath the Son hath life. And sometimes we get it confused because, well, I, I, I prayed this prayer. I don't know that I said the right words. I don't. Well, hey, look at the thief on the cross. He didn't say the right words. And what did Jesus say to him? Today you'll be with me in paradise. Think about our illustration, little Johnny in the pool. He didn't say the right words. He couldn't say the right words. But he realized, I can't. He can. I'm trusting him. Friends, I'm not asking if you're religious. I'm not asking if you go to church or a part of a youth group. You're obviously here today. What I am asking is, has there been a point in time in your life where you rejected what you could do, you rejected your religion, your baptism, your church membership, and you said, in essence, what the thief did? I can't. He can. I'm trusting him. If you have, then what do you have? You have the sun. You have life. If you haven't, then clearly listen very, very carefully. You don't have the sun. You don't have life. And my goal is very clearly to explain to you that you need the sun. You need life. Well, Brent, this is just your, I appreciate it. I'm enjoying the day, enjoy the lunch, enjoy the, the, the fun, the games. But 
you know, that's just your religion. No, 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 no. God had a point in time in which he would judge all the world by that man Jesus whom he hath raised from the dead. And this is not just my truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And friend, if you have not placed your faith and trust in Christ, my challenge, my encouragement, my, my plea with you today is to place your faith, your trust in Jesus Christ alone. And it's not a prayer. that doesn't, Prayers don't necessarily save us. It's God who saves us. You may have prayed a prayer. Praise the Lord for that. You may not have prayed a prayer like I didn't. I trust in Christ. That's the essence. I have the Son, and because I have the Son, I have life. Is that your story? Look again at your passage here, 1 John 5, 11, 12, and 13. Look what it says in verse 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. I had that group raise their hands at the very beginning because I wanted you to see there's, there's a lot of people that struggle, question, wonder, I don't know. But notice again what verse 13 says. The middle phrase there says, that ye may know that ye have eternal life. God wants you to know. And some of you know the misery you feel. In fact, you just put it out of your mind because you don't want to deal with it. And perhaps that's even the reason why you've kind of backed away from church or backed away from Christianity or backed away from something because uh, I don't, just don't know. I, I'm just not sure. If you're not sure of something, you're not going to jump into it. If you're not sure of your salvation, you're exactly where the evil one wants you. The enemy wants you in that place. But you don't have to be there. Look again what it says there. Can you, I'm going to say the words. When I stop, you guys say the rest of it. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that and that hey, John was writing this 2,000 years ago, said so you can know, you can know, you don't have to, well, I hope so, I mean, so many people on planes, um, vehicles, uh, gas stations, interacting with people, do you know for sure you're on your way to heaven? Uh, I hope so. I, maybe. You don't have to be like that. Some of you came in this, the door today. You don't know. I think so. I hope so. Maybe. You can know. Absolutely. You don't have to struggle, wonder. Some of you don't like to think about it because it's painful. It, it's hard. I don't, well, I don't, I don't know. Let me, I'll turn the music on. Let me watch some Netflix. Let me, let me do something different because I don't want to think about it. Some of you are there right now. You can know. You can have the assurance. Final truth, simply this, it's application. Believe the Word of God. Let me ask you this. Do feelings change? Yeah. Okay. Be honest with me. You going to be honest? This is the church teens, right? Okay. Your pastor's here. You have to be honest. Do feelings change? How many of you have ever thought like a certain way about a certain person? And a few weeks later, you're like, gross. What was I thinking? Has anybody done that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Some of you are like, yeah, they're in this room. I can't. got to be careful. But yeah. Why is that? Because feelings change. They, they, they come, they go. Not just for one gender, but for both of us. They, they come, they go, they change. And, you know, we, we base our life on feelings. Oh, oh, and you, you probably have friends like that. Maybe some of you are like that. I'm having a wonderful, stupendous day. I'm, this is the worst day of my life. A few minutes later, and you're like, whoa, what, what's flipped? 
Well, feelings come and go. What doesn't change in your life? Just shout something out. God, what else? Taxes. One day it will. We're going to die. Isn't that, isn't that an incredible thought? What else? Family? That could change. What else? The Bible. Thank you. Has this ever changed? No. So here's what you need to do. Don't go to your feelings. How many of you remember the relief, the satisfaction, we could say the, the joy you felt when you first trusted Christ? How many of you remember that feeling? Can I see your hand? You remember being forgiven. Praise the Lord for that. Let me ask you this. Stay with me. Have you always felt like that since then? Have you? No. Does that mean you're not saved? No, because feelings come and go. And sometimes we, especially your age group, and I'm not picking on you guys, but especially your age group, well, I feel, I feel saved, so I must be saved. Well, I don't feel saved. I looked at something, I did something, I said something. I, somebody doesn't like me, so I must not be saved. There's a young lady who was struggling with assurance. Every other Sunday she was coming forward to get saved. And the pastor was somewhat confused. Well, what's happening here? Well, come to find out that she was, have, she was her boyfriend and her were having fights. And you know, when her, the relationship was good, she was excited. She'd come in praising God, singing the hymns. And then when she was struggling, she'd come in like, I don't feel saved. Well, wait a minute. Wait. She had combined her emotions with truth. Don't do that. Go to the eternally settled word of God. What if I woke up this morning and thought to myself, oh no, I haven't called my dad in a while. Oh, and ah, oh, oh no. There was that time 35 years ago he told me to take out the trash and to clean my room and I didn't do it. Maybe he doesn't love me. I, I know it. I know it. He doesn't love me. I, I, I know my, I'm no longer jealous. Now that's silly, isn't it? That's foolish. What do I need to do? I could pull out my driver's license here. I got it in my back pocket. I could get my birth. I don't have it with me, but I could get my birth certificate. It tells me exactly when and where I was hatched. Um, I, I, wasn't, I was there. I just don't remember much of it. Um, but I, I could prove to you, oh, good. Whew, man, that was a close call. <laughs> I am who I am. <laughs> wow. Now, that's silly. But sometimes God's people do the exact same thing. I just, I just don't feel, I don't, I don't feel saved. I, I don't feel, I just don't want the same feelings. Well, there may be issues like we talked about at the front. Some of you may be struggling with assurance, and you're saved on your way to heaven, yet there's sin in your life, you're not growing as a Christian. That's the reason why you're struggling. Don't go to your emotions. Go to the Word of God. If we go back one verse, verse 12 again. Maybe, yeah, verse 12, if possible. If you've got your Bible open, look at what it says there. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Go to the Bible. The Bible doesn't change. And if you struggle, if you have struggled, if you think you will struggle, I would encourage you, even find me in this next this time. I'll help you write down some verses. Write down some verses and go to the Word of God. Let the Word of God dwell in you. And as the Word of God is in there, Romans 8 says, the Spirit will assure you on a level that we're not even aware of. And you'll be able to say on a level we're not aware of, Ah, oh, the Father. It's the Holy Spirit who takes the Word of God and gives us assurance. Don't go to your emotions Go to the book. Go to the Word. And if you are struggling, Brent, I did trust Christ years ago. I know it. I'm not trusting my good works. I have placed my faith and trust in Christ, but still sometimes I struggle. I would encourage you to memorize this passage. Memorize John 10, 28, 29, 30. Memorize Titus 1, 2. John 3, 36. John 5, 24. I could give you more. If you want, I will, gladly. 
read those and do what I do sometimes and make verse lists to put in your front of the Bible to go through. And God will take his word and he'll give you assurance. But I'm concerned that there's maybe some of you here and you've never placed your faith and trust in Christ. I know this is a, there are several churches represented here and you don't know everybody here. I know you're a teenager, what, you want me to do something? Well, listen carefully. We're here to help you. We want to take the Bible and help you with truth. Will you let us? Some of you may, you may be scared silly about if eternity started tomorrow, where would you be? You don't have to be. You don't have to be at all. And some of you have trusted Christ. You are saved. You're on your way to heaven. And yet there's been times in your life, maybe even recently, where you, I don't know, I'm not sure, I just have questions, I just don't know. And friends, you can get assurance with that as well. And I would encourage you, if, you, if that's you, I don't know, I've got questions, I'm not sure. Maybe t- today, this afternoon, you, you got the Bible help you need to. Maybe you would like to talk to somebody. Maybe you need to talk to somebody about that. We're going to have an invitation in a second here. And I'm going to encourage you, if you've got questions, get those answered. If you, Brent, God's talking to me, we want to help you. Will you let us? Let's all bow our head and close our eyes. No one looking. I want to ask a couple questions and just stay with me. How do you say, Brent, there has been a time in my life where I placed my trust, my faith in Jesus Christ to save me from my sin. I'm going to heaven because Christ has paid my sin debt. Would you lift your hand to that? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Put your hands down. I didn't see everyone's hand. And friend, listen carefully. I'm not going to embarrass anybody. But I do want to help you. Would there be anybody honest enough to say, Brent, I don't think I've ever trusted Christ like you talked about. I don't think I've ever placed my faith and trust. What you're saying kind of makes sense, and I know it's from the Bible, but I just don't know. I don't know that I've ever done what you said. Or maybe just straight up, I've never done that. I've never trusted Christ. Maybe you walked in thinking, "I'm, I'm a good person, I live a good life. Moral, baptized, religious, whatever. But I've never trusted Christ alone like you talked about. Listen carefully. We're here to help. We want the Bible to help you. If you'd be honest enough to let us help you, we'd like to do that. Is there anybody that would say, Brent, I don't know I'm going to heaven. I'm not sure. Or I've never trusted Christ. Would you lift your hand just quietly so I could see that? I see that hand. I see that hand. Anybody else? I see that hand. Thank you. I don't know. I've never done that. I've never trusted Christ like that. I saw, I think, three hands. In a minute, those three of you, and you know who you are, you raise your hand. In a minute, I'm going to ask you to do something. It may sound weird. I know some of you are even in the middle of the aisle. I'm going to ask you to go to the back and talk with somebody about that. How many say, Brent, today, or maybe in the past couple months even, or the past couple years, I've struggled with assurance of salvation I've, I've, I haven't known for times. I, I know I am saved, but I've struggled knowing whether or not for sure I'm on my way to heaven. And today God spoke, God convicted, God encouraged me about certain areas of my life, about assurance of salvation. Would you lift your hand? Amen. Several hands again. Again, those of you who raise your hand, some of you are like, I don't know if I want to raise my hand because I don't really want to talk to somebody. We're here for, for you. We want to help you. 
In a minute, the piano is going to play. We're going to keep our heads bowed. We're not going to embarrass anybody. But in a minute, when the piano plays, if you raise your hand, I'm going to encourage you just to, when we stand, to get up from your seat to go straight to the back, and there will be somebody back there that can talk to you. If you're a guy, there's a guy back there. If you're a gal, there's a gal back there who's going to talk with you. Will you let us help you with truth? Father, thank you for your word. For these who aren't sure, who have questions, who don't know, would you help them to get help today? Would they make the effort to get help with their need? In Jesus' name. With heads bowed and eyes closed, let's stand to our feet. The piano is beginning just a simple hymn of invitation.